Welcome to the Faith for My Generation podcast, where our vision is to shake and shape a generation with the power of God's Word. We're on one mission, to raise up a generation of powerful believers through the relevant teaching of God's Word. I'm so thankful that you're here today. I'm your host, AJ. Let's get into the episode. Good morning. This is your wake-up call. Wake-up call 042-FAITHFUL. Wake-up call 042-FAITHFUL. Hey, I pray that you're having a wonderful start to your day so far. Thankful that you're joining me for this wake-up call on the Faith for My Generation podcast. Let's go to Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14. I'm going to read a couple verses, and I want us to study and discuss this idea, this kingdom attribute of faithfulness. I was looking at this and studying this and actually reading a book by a a Bible teacher and pastor, Bob Yandian, who wrote a book years ago called You Have a Ministry. And as I was working my way through that book to teach a class at our church, I kept seeing this idea and this theme of faithfulness and how important it is to God. You know, God is faithful. We understand that. Malachi 3, 6, the Lord says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Because God is faithful, because He is unchanging. You know, we talked about it a four or five wake-up calls ago that God does not lie. He's not a man that He should lie, nor the son of man that He should repent. If He said it, He means it, and it shall come to pass. And that's because God is faithful. But what I want to look at today is the reality that God expects us to be faithful, faithful to Him. He expects us to be faithful just as He is faithful. And I want to read a parable that Jesus teaches this principle of faithfulness. It's Matthew 25, verse 14. I'm going to read several verses here. So here we go. Verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, excuse me, and to another two, and to another one. To each according to his, the servant, his own ability. And immediately he, the master, went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Doubled his money. Verse 17, and likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. He doubled his as well. Verse 18, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20, so he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 22, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. He said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24, then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. 
reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed, so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. Verse 29, For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So in this parable, there's a couple things I want us to see concerning faithfulness. First off, verse 14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like... And then Jesus goes into this teaching parable. I just want to make this as a a simple Bible understanding. It'll help you understand, especially in the book of Matthew. In the book of Matthew, there are, I believe, 10 kingdom parables. I could be slightly wrong on how many. But there are several kingdom parables in the book of Matthew, all concerning the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the people of God the church, on the earth. The kingdom of God, which is different than the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is all of creation, all of existence. This universe, and if there's more than this universe, everything there is, everything there is, is in the kingdom of God. It's in God's domain because He created all things. The kingdom of heaven is different than the kingdom of God in as such that the People that believe in Jesus, the church, on the earth, make up the kingdom of heaven. You can think of the kingdom of heaven as an invasionary, expeditionary, military force who is currently stationed on a hostile planet. And we are waging spiritual warfare against the kingdom of darkness, Satan, who is ruling this earth for a time, and we go forth in triumphant victory, living out the lifestyle of God on this earth, dominating in everything we do, and we are the kingdom of heaven, because the kingdom of heaven is like a man who's traveling off a far away, and he's leaving servants in charge, and he will return. Jesus is going to return. I believe his coming is sooner than most people realize. I really do believe that. Now, we live with one foot in that reality and one foot in the reality that Jesus said, Occupy till I come. We should live every day concerning matters of character and holiness and faithfulness as if Jesus will return any second. But concerning matters of planning and preparing for tomorrow and, you know, setting aside and saving money and building homes and marriage and raising children, we should do those things as if we will be here for the, another thousand years. 
because Jesus did command us to occupy till he comes. But we are to live ready always in matters of the things of our spirit and our relationship with the Lord. And so what we see here are three different servants. We see two servants that are faithful and one that is unfaithful. And actually, I do this often. It's something that I've seen uh, Reverend Finestake, author, compiler of the Dake Annotated Reference Bible, he does it a lot. I've seen Dr. Fred Price of Blessed Memory. Both, both those men actually have inherited glory there in heaven. Uh, Pastor Fred Price would do this as well. If you want to know what God requires of you, see what God hates and detests, and then you'll see the kind of character that God expects from you and me as a Christian. So with that being said, I want to look at seven different attributes of this wicked, unfaithful servant. The faithful servants, we can see clearly, they took what was given them according to their own ability, verse 15. So the Lord has given you talents and abilities. Now in this sense, it's referring to money, and I believe that God will judge us and does judge us concerning our money as well. We can make a choice. Are we going to serve the Lord or serve money? Are we going to have a heart filled with generosity or greed? And that's very real and very important for the believer to get their money right because our money is simply, and I, you know, I'm in the United States of America. We have people listening from all over the world, but the U.S. dollar, I've got U.S. dollars in my bank account, in my wallet that I have traded for the time, talent, and energy that I've given to my employer. I give them my resources, my talents, my ability, my time. They give me dollars. So dollars are, are something that represent my life, a portion of my life. So you need to get your money right as well. But we can look and see in this that God gives to everyone according to his own ability. You know, it's just this simple. Some people are five-talent people. Some people are two-talent people. And some people are one-talent people. But every person regardless of whether they are five, two, or one talent person, we all have the choice and the responsibility to take what we have been given and make it produce and make it multiply and make it increase for the kingdom of heaven. So let's look. The, this unfaithful servant, these two faithful servants, what they take, they do exactly that. They make it produce. They multiply it. They double what they have been given. They double it by the time their master returns. But this unfaithful servant, verse 18, he's ungrateful. What does he do with this talent? What does he do with what the master has given him? He digs a hole in the backyard and sticks this talent of gold in the backyard, in a hole. He's so ungrateful. He thinks what he has been given is not as valuable as what the other two servants have been given. Now, the portion, the amount is different. Five talents is more than one talent. But the proportion is not different. The portion, the literal amount is different. But what has been given in proportion to their ability is not different. Because each one has received according to their ability. This one-talent servant had a one-talent ability. 
And there's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong in that. What's shameful and wrong is that he did. He was ungrateful with what was given him. The Lord's given you talents and abilities. The Lord's given you callings. The Lord has given you open doors of opportunity. The Lord has continually and constantly given you ways to increase His kingdom for His glory and for your blessing. Do not be ungrateful. This wicked, lazy servant was ungrateful. So first step to being a faithful servant, be grateful. Thank God for what He's given you. The Bible tells us it is absolutely, it's in 1 Corinthians, it is absolutely silly, vanity, foolish, that we compare ourselves one to another or amongst one another. It is so silly for me to compare myself against my brother or sister in Christ. The only comparison that I should make is, am I growing? Does the AJ today, is he growing closer and stronger in the Lord compared to the AJ of yesterday? That's the only comparison that I'm making. That's the only comparison I should make, and the same for you. Because it is foolish when we compare ourselves one amongst one another. Because the reality is some people are one talent, some are two, and some are five. Don't, don't play that comparison game. Give God the glory and the thanks and say, Thank you, Lord, for giving me this talent, or two or five. But he was ungrateful. He dug a hole and he stuck in it, stuck, stuck the talent in it. He was unreasonable. Who takes this talent, which, is a, which was a lot of money, tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the weight of gold and the price of gold right now, this was a big old chunk, a log of gold. He's unreasonable. You can see this in verse 24 as well. This is what the unfaithful servant says. Then he who received the one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you've not sown and gathering where you've not scattered seed. Well, he's a liar. Go, go listen back to last week's wake-up call. Faint not if we do not, you know, don't, uh, it's called don't give up. That's what it's called. Uh, wake up call 041, don't give up. And we look at Galatians 6, 9, which obviously comes after Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So this ungrateful, un, this wicked servant, this unfaithful servant, he's a liar. And he's completely unreasonable. This, his master doesn't reap where he's not sown. No one does. The day that you can reap where you have not sown will be the day that you can float across the earth and fly with your arms because gravity no longer works. Because the law of sowing or reaping is more true than the law of gravity. And last time I checked, I haven't see, seen any pigs flying, right? That, that'll be the day when pigs fly. Or when you and I are flying. He's so unreasonable. Do not be unreasonable. Think, okay, Lord, you've given me this talent, this ability. I can do something with it. I can can make something happen with this. I can work hard. And with your grace and your strength, I can get things done for the kingdom. He was unjust. Verse 18, we can see that. He's unjust. Third thing about this unfaithful servant. He is unjust. 
He is not being just or right with his master. He is receiving something from his master, this talent, this precious amount of money, and he's just sticking it in a hole. That's not right. You know, there's, a, there's some things that we know in our heart and our mind by the Holy Spirit, by the Word of God and the instruction of the Word, there are some things that are right and there are some things that are wrong. And if you want to be a faithful servant, do what's right. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to let my hair down here. Not that I have any to let down. But as, they, as the saying goes, I'm going to let my hair down a little bit. Let me tell you something. I love people. <laughs> If I'm prefacing this next statement with I love people, you know that means I'm about to say something about people. I love people. I love people. But I can't stand somebody who will say something. Well, that's hard. It's so hard to do that. Oh, that's difficult. Like, get over it. So what? Yeah, there are some things that are hard in life. Get over it. Choose your heart. You know, uh, you can either do the hard things now and reap the blessing and benefit later, or you can try to glide through, be passive, not do anything, skate through life and get it easy and then live a hard life later because you've not done anything to sow and reap a harvest of blessing. We as Christians, as faithful servants, we do what's right regardless of whether it's easy or not. We don't choose the easy path. We choose the righteous path. But this unjust servant, this unfaithful servant, he didn't do what was right. He stuck it. He stuck the talent. What am I going to do with this one talent? That guy's got five. He's got two. Master gave me one. Forget that. I'll put it in a hole. Fourth thing about this unfaithful servant, he found fault. He was accusing his master of doing something that can't be done. Well, I knew you was, I know you're a hard master. This master doesn't sound like a hard master to me. The first two servants had a different portion, a different literal amount. One had five talents, one had two talents, but both worked real hard and doubled what they had. And what did the master say to both of these servants of the five and two talent servants? He said to both of them, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Identical. He says the word for word, the same exact thing to the five-talent servant and the two-talent servant. No different at all. Exactly the same. He's not a hard master. He's kind. He is just. He is merciful. He's respectful. A hard master would say to the five and ten talent servants, huh, you only doubled it, huh? Why didn't you triple it? Beat them. Cast them out of here. Get them out of here. Give me my money. No. He rewarded the faithful servants. He's not a hard master. He's a good master. Fifth thing about this unfaithful servant, he's self-justifying. Lord, uh, I, I, I know you're a hard master, and I know you reap where you haven't sown and you gather where you've not scattered seed, so I stuck it in the ground because I didn't want to lose it. He's making excuses. My goodness. We're going through each one of these points of this unfaithful servant, and it's just making me more and more upset with him. <laughs> I'm getting more and more frustrated with this unfaithful servant. 
We're not going to be unfaithful servants. Amen? He's self-justifying. Well, this is why I did it. Maybe you know someone like that. Oh, God forbid that you are this person. Don't be this person. You have a choice. Don't be this person. If you were this person, repent and move on. Don't ever do it again. But no one wants to ever work with the person who won't get their act together. They don't tow their own weight. They don't do what's required of them. And then when you approach them and like, look, you need to get it together, right? We're, we're, working, we're trying to work together here. Maybe it's at the job or it's in school. Uh, it's in, in your family. Something, you know, working on a, God forbid, a, you know, ministry team at church. I don't know, but maybe you're working on a team somewhere. And it's like, you've got to get it together. I, I, I'm, you know what, I'm not trying to be mean or hard, but you've got to tow your own weight. You've got to pull yourself along and show up and do what you need to do so we can pull, to, pull together as a team and win. Well, I would, but so it's so-and-so's fault. Or I was going to do this, but because this person did this. And, you know, it's like everything, they have an excuse for it. Oh, nobody likes that. And this unfaithful servant, this pusillanimous punk, <laughs> he's, he's self-justifying. He did the wrong, and now he's saying, well, this is why I did it. As if this just master is going to say, oh, okay, well, I got it. <laughs> All right, sure. How, how unfair is that? What if this master said, oh, well, okay, I get it. That's fine. That's all right. Give me your talent that you brush the dirt off of it in the mud because you stuck it in a hole. That's okay. Thank you. How unjust and unfair would that have been to the other two servants who worked hard, took what the master gave them, and made it produce and doubled it? That would be so wicked of this master to do that. He was fearful. This unfaithful servant was fearful. Verse 25, and I was afraid. He was fearful. Let me tell you something. Fear will keep you from doing great things for the kingdom of heaven. And this is why, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. It will keep you from doing great things for your Lord and Master, King Jesus. Strike out in faith. Do something big and bold that you know if you don't have faith, it won't follow through. Do something so big, so bold for Jesus. Live a life so full of boldness, so full of faith that if you shrink back from faith, everything falls apart. But guess what? We're not going to shrink back from faith. We're going to be faithful. We're going to abound always in the work of the Lord. Last thing, this unfaithful servant, attribute number seven of this unfaithful servant, verse 26, he's wicked. The Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. If you want to be unfaithful, which we don't, but if you wanted to be unfaithful, be wicked. Be lazy. Now, look at there. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. Jesus said it. But laziness is connected to wickedness. My Lord, I went from preaching to meddling. My goodness, somebody shut the podcast down. This is getting too personal. 
<laughs> now look, before, before someone gets a feeling of condemnation, lazy is not the same as taking appropriate rest. If you work through the week and you are able to sequester off a little bit of time on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon, you know, you work all week and then you work around the house doing stuff around the house like you, everyone has to do on a Saturday and then you get up and go to church, take the family to church, you're in church on Sunday and then you come home Sunday afternoon and eat lunch and everything kind of gets quiet and you take a nap, that's not lazy. That's resting. You should rest. We need to physically rest. To not rest is to abuse this temple that God's given us, that He indwells in. Being lazy is not doing what you're supposed to do. Being lazy is taking advantage of other people. Being lazy is knowing you can and you just don't want to. Mm, that's another thing that, that, that ruffles my feathers if I had them. It would ruffle my feathers. Something, well, I don't want to do something. Well, who cares? Do it. <laughs> who cares about want to? And this is just natural. I'm not trying to be mean. It sounds like I'm a little rough, but like I'm, I talk twice as stern to myself than I would anyone else. If I had the smallest inclination of I'm, I don't want to do that right now, I just do it. Like that's my cue. The moment that little voice inside of me says, I don't want to do this right now, I just, no, nah, okay, forget it. I'm doing it. We're doing it right now because I'm not going to be lazy because I don't want to be a wicked servant. 1 Corinthians 4, we're coming to a close. 1 Corinthians 4, I want to read a couple verses here as we make our way out on this topic of being faithful because I know you're listening. You are the faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 1. Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Verse 2. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. The main requirement. Now listen here. Don't miss this. The main requirement that Jesus requires in a follower, in a Christian, in a believer is faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. That's what Jesus cares the absolute most about. Are you faithful? Are you faithful to His Word? Are you faithful to the call? Are you faithful to the kingdom? Are you faithful to your Lord and your God? That's what matters. That is the defining factor that the Lord is looking for in people. Second Chronicles 16.9, the eyes of the Lord are looking all over the earth to and fro, looking for people whose hearts are turned toward Him, that He can move on their behalf powerfully. That's a paraphrase, but that, that's the gist of that. He's looking everywhere, all over the earth, whose hearts turn towards me because I want to move in their life. And faithfulness means your heart is turned towards God. Faithfulness means your heart's turned towards God. These are too good for me not to read them. Proverbs 20 Verse 6, listen to this. Proverbs 20, verse 6. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Proverbs 20, verse 6. A faithful man, a faithful woman is invaluable. 
their value cannot be measured. The Lord is seeking and looking for faithful people. Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Someone that wants to cut corners, be conniving, sneak around, steal, squander, uh, step on top of people's heads, climbing up the ladder of success, he's going to be punished. But a faithful person, a faithful man, a faithful woman will not lack blessings. They will abound with blessings. We saw this uh, in our stream when we were studying on uh, the book of Galatians. Uh, you can check it out on, on my personal YouTube channel um, of those replays when we worked our way through the book of Galatians. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, fruit of the Spirit, the fruit, singular, of the Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is one of those, faithfulness. Obviously, there's nine attributes of the fruit of the Spirit, but one that we're looking at right now is faithfulness. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. We can see the Spirit of God lives in you, lives in me, because we're faithful. The last place I want to end today is this. Revelation 19, verse 11. When Christ comes back at the second coming, at the end of the tribulation, and we return with Him, the church being raptured, tribulation comes, and we all triumphantly come back with Christ at the second coming. Revelation 19.11 Now I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Jesus is faithful and true. You go to Revelation 2 and chapter 3 when he's speaking to the churches concerning their works because works simply reveal our faith. And he's telling them, be faithful, remain faithful. Jesus said that. He said, when I come back to the earth, will I find faith on the earth when I return? The main attribute that the Lord is looking for in believers and His people is faithfulness. Faithfulness makes you like Christ because He is. He's called. His name is faithful and true. And that's who we are. We're faithful. We're faithful unto God. We're faithful unto our marriages, our spouse, our children, our parents, our siblings, our work, our job, our call, our church. We're faithful because the Spirit of God lives inside of us. Hey, I'm so thankful for you. I pray that you enjoyed this wake-up call. Thankful for you every time you tune in and listen and watch. I really do appreciate it. Give this a share. Share it any way that you can. If it's a video, you know how to do all that on the socials. If it's a podcast, you can copy that link, text it to a friend that you think would enjoy it. I appreciate you doing that every time you do that. If you're listening on a podcast channel, leave me a five-star review. It helps me get further up into people's view so that when they're searching for podcasts, Christian podcasts, they'll come across this one. And I appreciate all your help for doing that. And I appreciate you. I really do. I don't take it for granted that whether it's one or 10,000, I do not take it for granted that real people, and some of you I know by name, real people 
they, they push play so that they can listen to this teaching. And I'm thankful for that. And it's, I'm doing my job. I'm doing what I'm called to do and being faithful to it. And I'm, I'm thankful that you are part of this move of God. You're part of this community of believers who have one desire, to grow in the power and the might of the Lord through His Word and by His Holy Spirit. Because we are the faithful. I'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Faith for My Generation podcast. Remember, every Monday I've got a brand new wake-up call for you, and every Thursday I've got a brand new episode right here on Faith for My Generation podcast. And remember, we are the faithful.